Welcome to Breakout, your number one NFL fantasy podcast from down under. Stats, analysis, and all you need to dominate your NFL fantasy season. Alrighty, welcome to Breakout, your go-to resource for NFL fantasy in Australia. This is a very special episode. This is our mid-season report. We're exactly halfway through the season, eight weeks done and dusted. Mark joins me. Mark, are we excited about this? Joel, pretty pumped. It's a important time. There's a few uh, busts and a few booms in the top 20, so it's pretty interesting. It's going to be pretty interesting listening. And uh, yeah, what are we going to do here? So, well, we're going to run through the top 20 very quickly at running back, receiver, quarterback, and tight end, the top four positions. Um, we're going to highlight some of those boom or bust players, and then we're going to give you our pick for you know who you should be making a move on, who you should be trying to trade for or keeping an eye on for the rest of the season. Now, Mark, you must be feeling pretty confident. You're six and two on top of our league of record. Yeah, both my leagues sitting on top, but I'm not feeling confident at all. I'm looking at my team and uh, things are just going against me. Baltimore aren't that good anymore. And, You've won uh, six straight, Mark. You've won six straight. Yeah, on the back of Mike Davis, though, CMC comes back, and that's why this is so important. Like, you've got to listen in, you've got to see who's actually in the top 20, and then who can you pick up off the waivers, who can you trade for, because guys that are good now aren't going to be good in two or three weeks, and that's the beauty of fantasy. It's forever changing. It is, it is. So why don't we get into it? We don't want to make this, uh, this episode go on forever, so we'll start with the running backs, arguably the most important position in fantasy. Uh, why don't uh, Mark? Why don't you run us through very quickly the names uh, top twenty one to twenty? So Joel, no surprise at the top. We got Kamara. Then we got Cook, Henry, Zeke, Robinson, Gurley, Hunt, Jones, C H, and Jacobs round up the top ten. Then we got Connor, Mike Davis, Ronald Jones, Carson, Montgomery, Mixon, Henderson, David Jones, Miles Gaskins, and Gibson rounding out the top twenty. It's an interesting top 20, isn't it? There's definitely a few players that have uh, rocketed up the order and a couple that have uh, busted down it. So who do you think, uh, maybe some of the boom players, Mark, who, who have we been impressed with so far? Joel, a man I tried to trade for is uh, David Montgomery. He was RB26 of the year. He's up to RB15. He's got a great position at uh, Chicago and uh, he could be the best value of the top 20. Yeah, incredible value. I mean, he went as a 10th round pick in our draft and um, has rocketed up the order. You'd be pretty happy with that in the 10th round, I would have thought. Uh, another guy who has rocketed right up the list. And, um, you know, we're not really talking today about a lot of the guys who have had, you know, the injury opportunity, you know, where, where Mike Davis has obviously rocketed up the list and that's because CMC has been out. But um, Darrell Henderson for the Rams started as RB50 on the year. He's up 32 spots into the RB18 position. He was undrafted in most leagues. Most people assumed that Akers was going to be the work, and that just that just didn't happen, did it? Classic. Like, Akers was going in the fifth or sixth round. He was so hyped up. Like, you'd be spewing giving up that draft pick now, you know, looking at it. Um, obviously, Henderson and Malcolm Brown getting all the carries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the next one, Mark? Mate, a guy that you picked up, and he's got terrific value, is uh, Gibson. So he was RB30, started the year, up to RB19. He was drafted that ninth round, and um, he's a great RB2 flex play, a bit like Montgomery. I'm a, I'm a big fan of those two guys. Yeah, he's, he's done well um, so far on a, on a fairly poor offense, and obviously they've had their change in quarterback from Haskins and now dropping back um, to their multiple options that they've got at uh, QB at Washington. Um, so yeah, you'd be happy with that. The final one is Ronald Jones. 
RB37. He started the year on. He's up 23 spots. He is the RB13 on the year. He is someone that um, you probably drafted in maybe the fifth round, towards the end of the fifth round, closing on the sixth. So great value for there. You know, essentially is is now a top 10 running back. And it doesn't really happen all that often when that situation is established. And obviously, we've got the Leonard Fournette situation to keep an eye on there, but uh, still pretty impressive there from Ronald Jones. And he had some big games. Like, he's definitely helped you to get Ws early in the season. He was getting multiple touchdowns and uh, obviously looked good there. So, yeah, great pickup if you got him. All right, the busts. Who, who are the, there's, there are two that are notable within the top 20 that if you, you took them that you wouldn't be happy with. Who are they? Joel, we weren't hot on this guy at all. And... Um, I just don't think he's ever really proved himself apart from a couple of good games. We had a small sample size, and that's Kenyon Drake. So uh, he was RB12. He's down to 22. He's injured at the moment, and Edmonds looks like he's going to get a bit more of his work. He's got the team's confidence. So don't know if I like this one. Yeah, it's uh, it's a drop down, isn't it? He's outside the top 20 now. He's RB22 on the year. Started as the RB12 down the 10 spots. The other guy is a guy I've never really been big on, and naturally, he, the only week he's blown up this season was against me and uh, got my opposition to win, and that was Joe Mixon. He started the RB8 on the year. He's down eight positions into RB16. That is not what you want from a first-round pick. Probably where he does fit, though. Like, if you took him at RB in that second round, that probably makes sense, late second round type of pick. You know, we didn't expect too much on the season going into him, and uh, he obviously blew up for that great game against you, though. He did, um, you know, but like he was taken in a lot of first rounds, like he was taken in the first round of our draft. And, you know, that's, um, there were other players like, you know, I, I, I picked at, at pick nine in our draft and he went, I think, off the board just ahead of me at pick seven, I think it might have been. And, um, well, you know, if you, you could have had, uh, you could have had Delvin Cook, who's the RB2 on the year so far. And that's who I took. And the other big big one is Aaron Jones. Like He just got dropped. You know, he's a top 10 running back, and I think he was going late second round as well, third round. Third round, late third. He went late third in our league, and he's up six spots into the RB8 on the year. So, I mean, Mark, how many of these guys in the top 20 have you managed to, to get onto your team throughout the season so far, whether you've drafted them or picked up a couple on waivers? Maybe you've got... Maybe three? Yeah, I've been lucky to get three. David Johnson's been my uh, shining light in terms of just uh, standard play every week, kind of just gets you that 10 points. So he slipped in at 18, but I'm really worried about that situation in Houston. I just don't know what's going on there. I reckon they might start putting Duke Johnson in there. But uh, what about yourself, mate? Yeah, similar with three. Like, had a good boom pick with Cook. Um, Josh Jacobs is there about at 10. And uh, we've got uh, Gibson rounding out the 20 for me. So, like, that's a good position to be in, to, to always have a backup. I, think. I reckon Gibson is going to be a big mover of these top 20s. And I reckon Jacobs, they just realized how much leaning on him works for them uh, in Oakland on the weekend as well. Yeah, um, I can only hope that. So, um, Mark, who is, your, who is your one player to trade for, your one running back to trade for for the rest of the season? Yeah, I'm uh, not a guy who's going to get you the big points. I'm a bit of a Mr. Consistency guy, and someone I love his situation is David Montgomery. So he reminds me of James White, and um, he's got the bell cow. Like He's got no one else there to take his carries away from him, and uh, I just like him as an RB2 kind of flex play every week. He's got double-digit games in four of his uh, eight games. Two of them, he also had nine. 
one game at 20 points as well. He's just a solid player who's going to get 15 carries a game, a few catches. Um, and in this COVID injury season, it's hard to find someone like that. Yep. Yeah, we always like consistency, especially if we've got a, a boom or bust player in the other position as well, right? Yes, and like teams like the Colts, you don't know who's going to be their running back. You know, obviously Rams have one person in there. It's hard to tell. Detroit, you don't know what's going on. Like there's just a lot of hard teams with running back situations that aren't good. Here's one where it's a great situation. I can make a trade offer. Mm, I like that a lot. Uh, my guy is James Connor. Um, has managed to avoid injuries so far this season. He has uh, definitely outperformed his third round pick. And he's been a pillar of consistency and quite a quiet achiever at the Steelers. Uh, he ticks a lot of boxes for me. He's like the only real guy there at the Steelers. Gets a lot of the work. They might have a couple other guys doing some splits, but he's the main guy. He's on a winning team. Um, they're doing well, so they're going ahead in games and the, necess- the necessity to run late in the game becomes more prevalent. Uh, he has... Uh, a great floor of about 12 points and his ceiling's about 20 to 22 points. Like you're not probably going to get much more than that out of him, but that is fairly solid. I think most, um, most fantasy owners out there would take that. So uh, really important if you've got a boom or bust at your other RB slot, maybe like that Aaron Jones kind of player who can blow up for 40 or give you eight one week. Um, James Connor just a little bit more consistent and has uh, managed to stay healthy and on the park this season. And the other thing I think you touched on before was he just plays he plays every snap because he can block or he can catch. So he's just always on the park. So it's good to see him out there. And uh, he could blow up, mate. He was a top five fantasy running back a few years ago. He was. He was. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers. So I'll run you through the top 20. All right, so at number one, Ridley, Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Lockett, Hopkins, Diggs, Devontae Adams, Tyler Boyd, Adam Thielen, and Robert Woods rounding out the top 10. Alan Robinson, Robbie Anderson, Mari Cooper, Alan, Keenan Allen, uh, DJ Moore, Will Fuller, Mike Evans, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, and Claypool rounding out the top 20. Mate, I think the one for me, I've, I've spoken about it quite a bit, is how good Russell Wilson is. Two wide receivers in the top four, thanks to Russ. They're letting him cook. Ridiculous, isn't That's it? That's insane. <laughs> It's um yeah it's a great uh, it's a great uh, great option there I think if you um if you ended up with those Seahawks receivers and I think they'll be uh they're going high in the draft I think I think Lockett uh was taken maybe in the the fifth round in our draft and you know when you got Metcalf going in the sixth you could have ended up with both of them and you probably wouldn't have been that unhappy about it. I think the Metcalf Ridley one two has got to be a storyline of the wide receivers as well. Two young fellas who you just didn't think would make that leap, and Metcalf's doing it all over the field. He's not giving up. He just looks like a leader. Like he's going to be a stud, isn't he? Yeah, he wants it bad. Um, so those are obviously some of the the boom players. So DK is up twenty ranking spots into that position. Lockett was up seventeen. Some of the other players that have really boomed is Stefan Diggs. He's up twenty one. Uh, on the on the rankings preseason to now in that number six spot. Also, uh, Tyler Boyd's been a, a surprise a little bit, hasn't he? Yeah, that whole team, the whole Cincy team, they're just throwing a lot. Even um, T. Higgins has a lot of value and we saw Green pop up there. But Boyd's, you know, was a pillar of consistency a couple of years ago and this year he's doing it again. So it's probably no surprise, really. Any others, Mark, that have popped out to you as uh, rising up the charts? Robbie Anderson. 
thought he was a boom or bust play. Uh, so it's good to see him in there. And I think Claypool and Jefferson in the top 20 just shows you uh, how much better the RB position is than wide receiver because they've just had really one boom game that's got them in that top 20. 100%. Um, and look, look, that's a really good point, I think, because if you look at the, the receiving core, you know, of the top 20 preseason, like nine of those players are not in there. And like a lot of them have an injury. You know, you got Michael Thomas, who uh, barely played any time this season, been injured, suspended. He was number one. Um, obviously, no any number one. Julio as well. He was like, you know, your WR3 on the year, not in the top 20. Chris Goblin, uh, he's been injured for three games, but he was the five on the year. Kenny Golladay injured for four, for four games, plus he's had the bye. He was the seven. Uh, but probably this next guy uh, on our list, Smith Schuster, Juju, who was the he was much touted only a year or two ago. WR twelve, a bit disappointing, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, hugely because he just him and Big Ben had that big connection. We thought, here we go, he's going to bounce back. He's going to offer someone great value in that third round. Um, and then it's been Claypool's in the top 20, not Smith Schuster. So it's pretty disappointing. I mean, he's not even in the top 25. Yeah, he's had some terrible games. He actually bounced back in the last two weeks. So he's got seven targets. Um, and it looks like he's filled out a bit. Like he's moving quite well. So maybe they game involved in the second half of the year. But, um, you know, Big Ben's still going to Claypool every third down. Yep, yep. Um, and Julio, he's down... Um... Similar to Schuster, he's they're both down 19 spots, so both outside the top 20. Julio has been yeah a bit hit or miss this year, probably a little bit frustrating for those owners there. He's missed a couple of games. Um, maybe if he hadn't missed those games, he would be he would be pushing into the into the top 15 uh, wide receivers. But I suppose that's what you get with Julio at the moment. And Joel, probably the bust of the year in terms of the, especially wide receiver, maybe across all of them. Um, we actually predicted it because that's how good we are. Mike Evans. Mm. Yeah, Mike Evans. He's, I mean, he's only down seven spots, but like uh, he's one of the earlier receivers off the board. You know, he was taken top of the fourth round in our draft and is, you know, essentially a, a wide receiver 17 on the year, which is, you know, that's not the kind of return that you want from, you know, one of your first four picks off the ball. And only going down. Godwin comes back into that team. Gronk stepping AB. up. AB's back. So I don't even think he'll finish top 20 second half of the year. And he'll just be more of a decoy than anything. Right. Um, all right, Mark, who's, who's the player to watch for the rest of the year? Made a guy. Um, Who are you trading for? Yep, I reckon I would trade for Boyd. I just love what they're doing at Cincy. Barrow throws so much. They're always in shootouts. They've had over 40 points in all the games bar one. So uh, it's always going to be 20 or 30 points scored by Cincy. So it's just a volume opportunity thing for me. Um, so it'd be good uh, wide receiver, you know, low floor one, to be honest. Um, I like AJ Brown for the rest of the season at the Titans. He's finally in the team. His last four weeks have been, you know, 17.7, 20.1, 24.3, and 10.4, getting seven to nine targets a game. He is the number two wide receiver behind Devontae Adams on that average over the last four weeks. So he is running hot, and hopefully he's now fit and on the park for the rest of the season. Mate, it's because of my man Tannehill. you got to believe in the Titans. you got to believe. 
And that, I think, is a great uh, great segue into our quarterbacks, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, so top 20, no surprise who's at the top. Russell Wilson, then you got Mahomes, Murray, Allen, Brady, Wentz, Watson, Rogers, Matt Ryan, and Joe Barrow round up the top 10. Then you got Herbert, Goff, Lamar, Dak, Minshew, Breeze, Teddy Bridgewater, Stafford, and Carr rounding out the top 20. Straight off the bat, the two rookies are impressive, aren't they? You've got uh, Burrow and you've got Herbert in the top 20, Burrow in the top 10, Herbert just outside there at uh, the 12. But uh, look, good good start for the rookies. I was just about to ask, who do you think's better? I can't, I don't know. Herbert looks a bit more Mahomes-esque, but... It's Herbert for me. In, I mean, he's. if you think about it, like uh, there's only two points separating them on the season and Burrow's played an extra game. You know, uh, Tyrod started the first game uh, before Herbert even got a start. And I think in a lot of the metrics, average passing yards, even average rushing yards, um, number of touchdowns on the year, number of sacks taken, Herbert's leading all those metrics. The only thing I'll say, though, is Herbert has some more playmakers around him. Like he's got Mike Williams, he's got Keenan Allen, you know, he's got a bit more experience, probably coaching staff, where Barrow's really kind of doing it on his own. You know, even uh, Mixon's been out, but... Herbert probably does look a bit more Mahomes-esque, a bit more special. Other uh, other other quarterbacks that have moved up in the rankings around the seven, all these players have moved up around seven spots. It's uh, your man Tannehill, even Derek Carr has moved up, and then Teddy Bridgewater as well into the top twenty. Joel, one we uh, we can't uh, brush over that recalls in the gut is Tom Brady, top five, probably a bit surprising. Yes, I don't think anyone was really predicting that he would go that high um, in the rankings. And maybe, I don't know, this is just like him trying to prove uh, the Pats wrong, but he was taken in the eighth round of our draft. So pretty good value if you took him there, I would have thought. And he's come out and said he wanted to keep playing him past 44, and they reckon he'll sign another contract. So uh, age is no number for Tom, that's for sure. Mm, There you go. Probably the biggest disappointment for the season, though, Mark. Tell me who is the biggest disappointment. It's it's undoubted. Across all of fantasy, this player has to be the biggest disappointment. No matter what podcast you listen to, we smashed it into you. We kept saying, don't draft him early. <laughs> and people still got him. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Down 12 yeah. spots. Still in the top 20, but just looks like a shadow of a man. And he threw his first pick six, and he cost them the game against Pittsburgh. He was horrible. Right, QB 14, I'm going to say, on the year, I think is where he's at. Um, you know, like he's he's down. The only other quarterback to drop that far down the rankings is Dak Prescott, who's obviously injured. But um, I don't know. We were talking, uh, you know, with Cobb earlier this week uh, about what, what to do with Lamar. Do you try and keep him? Do you try and trade him? Um, do you try and use the name to to get some value out of that? That's a difficult situation with Lamar. I mean, there's a couple other quarterbacks that have dropped a little bit as well. Drew Brees has dropped down the rankings and Matt Stafford has dropped down the rankings, both seven spots um, into like the QB 19 and 17 spots. But that doesn't really cost you because Stafford was undrafted and Brees was taken in the 14th round. I don't know. When you go back to Lamar, I just don't know. I think teams have figured him out and I reckon he's got a big back half of this year and start of next year to see if he's going to be a great quarterback or if he's going to have that one-off season. Yeah. I mean, if we look at the top quarterbacks of this season so far, um, they were taken mainly. So the first of the top six 
on the board. Uh, two of them were taken in the sixth round, one in the seventh, one in the eighth. Carson Wentz is the QB six on the year. He was taken in the 11th round. And it's only Patrick Mahomes who was taken, he was the first QB off the board, who is RB, who is QB two on the year, uh, taken in the third round. Still think that's a bit harder, higher price to pay. When you can grab somebody in that sixth or seventh round, who's um, maybe not as good, but still putting up decent figures, you take that. Brady, Wentz, Watson, all guys you could have picked up later on. And um, obviously, Russell, Mahomes, and Murray went pretty early. Even uh, you got Allen, you know, in the sixth round, didn't you? Uh, yep, Allen in the seventh round, I think it was, actually. And he's QB4, so. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're taking, I mean, the, the, the for me, like the best value picks there are, you know, you, I mean, you picked up Russell Wilson in our sixth round. Kyler Murray was taken in the sixth round as well. If you had either one of those guys, um, you'd really be stoked and confident going into the back half of the season because they're both, they're in that upper tier. There's probably three quarterbacks in in Wilson, Mahomes, and Murray that are at the moment 200 points plus on the season. And then there's like a little bit of a step back and there's kind of probably a second tier, which is Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and then you you drop down to the rest of the pack which is kind of led away by Wentz, Watson, Rogers, and Ryan. So You probably never knew with Russell, though. I didn't think Seattle would be so aggressive as what they are now and they've let him throw as much. Like, they were down with four minutes ago, and he still was going for a 70-yard touchdown up by 10 rather than running the clock down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, firstly, we've got to question the Seahawks play calling on the goal line. Um, that's There's a history of that now. And... Um, Secondly, I mean, I mean, the guy just wants to score, and I, I, it's a it's a big reason why he's up on the top, isn't he? They don't they don't necessarily run games into the ground at the end, do they? No, yeah, I think he's got a little. He wants to get an MVP, or he wants to put up some Brady esque numbers this year. And Joel, of the list, who are you going to trade for? Well, I trade for him if I didn't have him, and that was Justin Herbert, um, who I would have picked up off the waivers um, this year. Um, just like, firstly. Pretty amazing stat. The highest average score in the NFL for the last four weeks out of any player, full stop. Um, so he's really hitting his straps at the moment. He can finish a top 10 quarterback this year. He's uh, just outside at the moment at that 12 spot, but I think he has what it takes to go into the top 10. You talked about the Burrow-Herbert comparison. He's better on yards per attempt, eight versus 6.9. He's better on the rushing yards and attempt, 5.1 to 3.7. TDs, 15 to 11. Sacks, he's only taken 12 compared to Burrow's 28. So the Chargers can protect him a little bit more, giving him more options. What you said before with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they're just starting to find a little bit of rhythm at the Chargers without winning games. That'll come, that'll come. And uh, I, li- I like that pick a lot. And uh, another man I think is going to have similar value in the back half of the year is Carson Wentz. So, you know, that team looked horrible, but he's just doing it all on his own. I reckon he's actually going to go up one spot, get into the top five, and he might fall into the waivers. Like, people still aren't buying into the into the Wentz name yet. So, uh, see if you can trade for him low or pick him up. And um, he'll get his weapons back. He's rushing for touchdowns. And I reckon a big back half of the year, and he'll definitely be a top six, top five player. I think he is someone that you could get pretty cheap. Like you, I don't think you need to, you wouldn't have to pay a lot because people are just, I, I feel like the good thing about doing our like little mid-season report here is it gives a bit of time to people reflect on where players are actually at because, you know, throughout the season you get such tunnel vision for 
who's on the waivers, who I need to pick up, that you don't actually realize where some of these players are ranked. And like if you're stuck with a Rogers or you're stuck with someone who's just like up and down or just giving you 15 and you want that ceiling because you want a quarterback and get you 30 points, go for Herbert, go for Wentz. Mm. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing is like if you're if you're starting a Bridgewater, Breeze, Minshew, even like a Jared Goff, and Lamar Jackson is still in this same category at the moment, like – Carson Wentz has been better. Um, he hasn't looked. He hasn't looked good, and I think most people wouldn't say he looked like he's a top ten quarterback fantasy scorer. But he's there at number six, and he's doing it with his legs. And Herbert's going to keep doing it for the back half of the year, and he's probably sitting on someone's bench. So get out there because I made this mistake last year. I kept Rogers for ages. If you don't have a QB that's going to go boom for you most weeks, they're not. He's not worth starting, no matter what his name is. All right, Mark. Well, that's QB. Why don't we um, we get on to the tight ends? So our tight end rankings, and this is this is my most hated position in fantasy football. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, Mark. I just I want you to read through the top twenty and then give people a, a insight into the drop from the number one tight end to the number two. <laughs> All right. So number one, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, Hawkinson. Tonyan at Green Bay, Mark Andrews, Jonu Smith, Hayden Hurst, Jimmy Graham, and Gronk rounds out the top 10. Uh, then we've got Schultz, Fant, Jared Cook, Higby, Henry, Ingram, Gasicki, Logan Thomas, Eric Ebron, and Darren Fells rounds out the top 20. But the gulf between one and the rest, Mark, is 100% the biggest thing about tight end. Kelsey out there with 119 points on the season. That would make him a top five wide receiver in the position. You know, like he's he's got that many points on the board. But then to to number two with Kittle, um, who is a great football tight end and not necessarily always a great fantasy tight end, is 40 points lower, 79.6. And then, you know, everyone else just follows within, you know, a handful of points after that all the way down until the bottom of the 20, essentially. But like a 40-point golf mark. There's not even anyone there who's fallen into the top 20 wide receiver. So No, and like uh, Kittle's injured now. Yep. Yeah. so I mean, how much do you put onto that in terms of your draft capital? I think if you put Kittle into your first or second round, you'd be hugely disappointed. And looking at that, just the points tally, it's not really worth it, is it? No, but... Yeah, I mean, there's a, there is like an argument if if Kelsey falls to you. I mean, he was taken high second for us, third pick of the second round. That's worth Still it. Still feel that's a little high if he fell. There's always a guy who's willing to take Kelsey, and it's always Corrib in our league. <laughs> as a as a devoted Chiefs fan, um, it still costs you a bit. I mean, the good thing about this is that sure one player in your league gets like an absolute immaculate player in Travis Kelsey who's putting up heaps of points, but the golf between like two and 15 is, you know, only like a total of 20 points between them really. Um, so then if you're not getting Kelsey, then you may as well just defer your pick. And DJ Hawkinson, he was a great uh, pickup this year. He was in the 13th round of our league. And now he's a top four tight end. He'll probably finish number three with Galladay missing a bit of time. So, like, that's a great value pick. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, Johnny Smith was similar at, in the 12th round. 
Hayden Hurst in the 10th. Gronk in the 10th as well. Noah Fant in the 15th. And he could have a huge second half with Lockback. Yeah, I think, look, what I saw in our draft was, um, you know, one of uh, one of our more seasoned managers, um, the one that goes by the name of Chippy, had a, had a very clever strategy of, uh, of grabbing Hawkinson and Fant, two tight ends late in the draft, 13th and 15th round picks. And um, it would have paid off for him quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I went after, uh, I had Hurst and Andrews as well, but couldn't keep Hurst on my team going forward. But I reckon um, another one is uh, Stewie. He picked up Jonas Smith and Tonyan and um, Waller. So he's got a lot of depth there and probably some trade value with someone who's going to look for some sort of wide receiver because who knew that Tonyan was going to be a top five tight end? Right, obviously undrafted and like started the tight end ranked 51 on the year and has moved up 46 places, so... All right. Um, who else is um, who else is disappointed? I suppose uh, a man. I kind of hope he gets traded. He's a New York Giant. Is Ingram? He was all the hype because of his rookie year, but he's down ten spots, and uh, I don't really know what to say. He doesn't. They're trying to get him involved, but he's just not doing that much, is he? No. Um, a couple others that are down too, like Higby's down six spots, and Hunter Henry is down eight. Uh, Henry, you could maybe put down to a new quarterback. And Higby is, yeah. I suppose there is Everett on that team as well. I was high on Higby. He finished last year as the top eight fantasy player in the last like six rounds. And this year coming to it, I thought he would extend that streak. But he hasn't done much. And yeah, I don't know. He doesn't really, you wouldn't want to be playing him, I think, um, given some of the other depth. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, like Higby taken in the seventh round in our draft, a little bit of a bust. Probably in our draft, we saw Eric Ebron taken in the fifth round. That's probably like one of the the biggest uh, wastes of a pick there. Um, not ideal. I think the rule of thumb by looking at, at some of the, the stats on tight end this year is that you either take Kelsey or you just save it until you're into double digits almost. <laughs> So we're going to go into who we're going to trade for a watch. But what are you doing, Joel, if you, you've got Kittle, he's injured. Do you think looking at that points tally or someone in the top 10, it's worth trading out for him? And if they're going to trade, what do you have to give up? What are you, what are you thinking here? Like the guys who are on the waivers are like your Mike Gusecki's. Like, you know, that's like a... You know, because people are like a stashing them. Like, it's not like there's 10 teams in the league. There are 10 tight ends on play. There's, you know, there's 16 tight ends off the board. So you're really left with like, you know, picking between Darren Fells, Ebron, and maybe Gusecki. Um, and th- none of those are really that attractive. And like none of those have really shown any consistent form throughout the year. So you're essentially just streaming. And so the problem with doing that is that you're not going to play each week, so then you might have to keep two of them on your bench and and switch between them, and you're costing yourself a shot at another player. Yeah, and that's a rough like that's a rough waiver wire pickup, you know, Jaseki and and whatnot. So yeah, maybe it's worth just trying to trade a wide receiver three, get yourself a stash and a lock, and go from there. Indeed, who's your pick? Uh, who 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 would you be trying to trade for? Made a bit uh, a bit cliche, but Hawkinson. I think he's going to move in the top three with Kittle being injured and Galladay out. Uh, his stocks are soaring, so I reckon I have a big year, big finish for him. And that Lions defense is horrible, so they're always going to be throwing. So look for him, and uh, if you can make it happen, I'd do it. My guy is Darren Waller. Um, 
He's obviously already the tight end three on the year. Um, and he's been fairly consistent, but probably the biggest upside for him. He's got like a pretty decent run home. He's already had his bye. Only three of his last eight games come against a good tight end defense. Uh, a lot of mid-range options uh, where he could maybe grab eight to 12 points for you in a week. He's got a great plus matchup with Atlanta, um, which is the number one team that you want to play as a tight end. I think he's going to finish the tight end two on the year. No one's catching Kelsey. I think if Kelsey stopped playing now, no one would catch him. <laughs> um, but I think uh, Waller's great. It's a great situation for for Darren Waller at, at Vegas. Um, Derek Carr, not comfortable with throwing the long ball, not good enough to throw the long ball. Receivers, uh, you know, are what you want to stay away from. That's Swagalore. In at where? At Swagalore. <laughs> I mean, sure, he might pick up a touchdown every now and then, but it's so inconsistent. And the easy one over the top or out of the back to Darren Waller is uh, the preferred option of Derek Carr, I think. And Gruden loves him. And if Gruden likes you, he's going to get you involved. And uh, Waller the baller is certainly someone who would be a great addition to anyone's team. Indeed. All right. Well, look, uh, Mark, that wraps us up. But there is one more thing I wanted to talk about. And, you know, it's something that... uh, you know, when you reflect mid-year, you kind of think, oh, you know, how, how good a draft did I have? And, you know, what am I going to do about it? And the topic is like, if you've had a good draft, especially at like one position, is that if you don't then convert that into like an upgrade at that position or, or another position, um, then you're missing the opportunity, aren't you, Monk? Yeah, definitely. And that's something like, you know, if you've got running back depth, if you've got a David Johnson sitting there or, Antonio Gibson, you're set with two other guys. See if you can flip them. Get yourself a WR1 or get yourself someone who can come in um, and give you some boom potential for finals because you're going to, situations are going to change. So, a good example of that was if, if we roll back to wide receiver uh, for a moment, um, I managed to pick up in my draft five of the top 20 receivers. Um, Mark, I'm not sure that you've got one of the top 20. I don't have one, mate. Sitting at the top without yeah. anyone. Injury is killing. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, like, if I don't take that that five and turn that into, um, you know, a better receiver, which is what I did in recent by making a trade. So, trading off two decent players in uh, Alan Robinson and DJ Moore uh, to get a Tyreek Hill. Um, like, good upgrade for my team. And especially for maybe some teams that are struggling a little bit out there, the the Alan Robinson DJ Moore combo is not not a bad one. Play it to your strengths. You got to do it. Like you you have to do it. Like you, you can't not do it because like without the upgrades, I don't think you go to the champion. And that's what that's what good fantasy owners do. They they have the opportunity, they have the depth, and then you need to upgrade it throughout the season and and you know prey on the teams that are more vulnerable for the and desperate for the win and there's a trade deadline coming so it's not like you can make these later on it's really going to be the next couple of weeks or never and yeah use your capital use it wisely and make a trade that's it i think you know what uh, I, I did speak about it with Corb a little bit on the waivers episode this week trade deadline 14th of november i think it is for most leagues out there maybe check that on your on your calendar. So you've really just got under two weeks to complete trades and get your team into a position, you know, to win. And this is not, you know, I think a lot of people like look at it as like, if you're desperate and you're a losing position that you need to be making trades, but if you're on top and you're winning, that's when you need to be making trades because that's when you can, you can get a bit more 
out of out of your team if you've got players who are doing well. Yeah, hundred percent. I really feel like I need to make a trade because if I don't, my season will be lost. I wouldn't even be surprised if I missed the finals. To your point, then before like I'm not haven't used any of my capital to convert into good players. So yeah, I'll be sussing out the the league in the next two weeks. All right, Mark. Well, look, is there any other uh, any other comments, anything else that you want to impart on our listeners before they embark on their second half of the season journey? Just be brave. You've only got one year, and you don't you got to finish on top. Otherwise, you've lost. That's it. There's no prizes for second place. No prizes. All right, Mark. Well, look, it's been fun doing the special. Looking forward to doing the end of year season wrap. Hopefully, uh, with uh, with one of us as our league champion. I hope. Fingers crossed. Or hopefully, we help some listeners out there as well win their leagues. And uh, if we do, please let us know. Awesome. All right. Till next time. See you later. See ya.